From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, you are listening to Our Waves, a mini-series about art, local artists, and spaces open to art in Mendocino County. I'm Victor Palomino, and with Marty Darling, we will explore the local creative sector with conversations about art, the creative process, inspiration, and local spaces to see or make art. In this second episode of Our Waves, we talk with three different artists about art as a way of living, a life journey, a healing process, and as a destination. We begin continuing the conversation about looking at art in non-traditional spaces. In this case, a coffee shop. We stop at Black Oak Cafe in Ukiah and talk with Tom Chandler about opening their space to local artists. Tom Chandler. I run the wholesale department at Black Oak Coffee. So I've been with Black Oak Coffee since 2017. Um, I do the wholesale department at Black Oak. Um, so purchasing all the beans and some of the roasting and production. And now I am curating the art for the coffee shop. Yeah, I really like the space because people who aren't searching for art get exposed to the art that's here um, and we're able to offer the space for you know essentially for free to all of the artists which I know is not the case for um, galleries that require you know uh, you know sales to uh, continue to operate so how long have you been uh, using the space for art We've been using the space for art since before I started working at Black Oak. It was a little bit neglected just because it's a, a decent amount of work hanging art and you know having artists lined up to use the space. So we had a local artist up for a really long time before Jared's art got put up. And then I kind of took it upon myself to create a system by which we have a better flow through rate. So I'm looking to you know, have a new artist every three months or so. So kind of changing with the seasons and just give more artists uh, an opportunity to uh, show their art to a pretty wide demographic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like with the places like coffee shops or not traditional spaces to show art, that's one of like the big benefits. It's like you're offering a new public to the artists, and then also people that might not visit galleries or museums. Like they're waiting here for coffee, and they get to see local art. Yeah, I I love being able to use our space also as an art gallery. It exposes so many people who would, you know, really never go out of their way to see art at a gallery or a museum. You know, it gives them the opportunity to, you know, be exposed to different types of art. It gives artists who might not be their main job. It gives them the opportunity to, you know, exhibit their work without, you know, kind of all of the pressure that comes with having a, a normal or a traditional uh, gallery uh, show. And then we don't charge a commission. We just ask that the artists donate any about 20% of their um, proceeds if they do sell anything out of it to either the Mendocino Arts Council or the Deep Valley Art Collective. It's the new free artist space in the Pear Tree Center. 
there. So what's the process? How do you select the artists? Do they come to you or do you look for them? A lot of artists kind of come to, just come up to the, uh, the counter here and ask the cashier, you know, what, what's involved with, you know, getting my art up here. And then, uh, you know, the cashier will refer them to me and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll talk to them and uh, look at their art and kind of set up a schedule for putting up their art and showing it. Um, so it's, it, it's really informal, but you know, it, it works. And then how many artists do you personally have uh, curated here? Jared is my, you know, the first person who I've helped, um, you know, use the, the space. And then I have, you know, about three or four artists lined up. So about a year's worth of, uh, you know, artists lined up for uh, the future. Do you have a special interest for the artists? Have you curated art before? No, um, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a math and, and science kind of guy. But, um, you know, I've always appreciated art, never been good at art, but uh, appreciated it. And um, I just really appreciate our position in the community and, you know, anything that I can do to help support the community is, uh, is what I'm interested in. And uh, so this exhibition is going to be up to until when? This exhibit is going to go through most of the summer and then I'll look to switch it out with another local artist uh, at the end of summer, beginning of fall. Have you had any reaction either from some of the customers um, or from the artist itself about the show? Yeah, the uh, there was lots of positive feedback with the the change of the art not because the previous art was not liked in fact the previous art was uh was a tough act to follow everyone really loved it it was just up for you know uh, about a year and so i think people are kind of customer base tends to uh you know visit us pretty frequently and i think they they appreciate the change in pace what kind of mediums do you have? It's usually just like 2D? Yeah, the, the way that the, the space is set up is that, you know, the, the space for three-dimensional art is really utilized by, you know, us running, you know, our core business, which is a cafe and coffee roaster. Yeah. So we're pretty limited to, you know, two-dimensional art. Although Jared has done a really good job with um, using his carpentry skills to kind of have the, the frames also be part of the, the art. I think that's one of the things that catch my eye when I was here and I look the new art. It's that it's like the frames are like a piece of art by themselves. What did you see in the future for the art here? I just continue to see, you know, Black Oak, um, you know, supporting local artists and kind of you know, nurturing local artists and just having a space for not just supporting the artists, but then also supporting the community by who's able to view the art. And um, and like I said, the, uh, the commission going to other organizations that then further support art. It's a, it's a happy little, I don't know, community niche that we're able to support. 
when can people visit the coffee shop to see the well have coffee and also to see the art we're open seven days a week uh, about you know 7 a.m to 6 p.m every day do you have a presence online for the artwork no right now we don't we don't really have a presence online for the artwork i i do ask the artist to have like a biography sheet that they put out and then have you know, contact information and information to a website or social media if they do have it. And that is, um, that's in a frame uh, underneath the art that, uh, you know, people can interact with. And what would be the best way for a local artist to contact you if they have, if they're interested in showing their work here? You can just come up to the cashier and kind of ask and, uh, you know, I'm here typically Monday through Friday. And you can also reach out to me at my email, tom at blackoatcoffee.com. Thank you for your time and, and for opening new spaces for artwork. Yeah, thank you. Next on Art Waves, artist Jared Cauldron. My name is Jared Cauldron. Yeah, I started, I started art in 2012. Um, so that's approximately 10 years, yeah, that I've been uh, painting and doing, doing art. Like I said, I, I, I started doing art during a very transitional time in my life. And I found that through art, I had the ability to connect with my past and, and um, also find ways to create in order to you know, maybe reach my full potential or, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So in which way it helps you to connect with your past? Like through my art, I, I feel like I, you know, draw a lot on my past experiences and I feel like the person I was before I started doing art is a lot different than the person that I became once I started doing art. So, you know, drawing on the, the inspiration from my youth, from where I grew up and the experiences that I had as a child inspires the work that I still create today. Um, how is your creative process? How did you get to a final piece or what, how did you work as an artist? So usually most of my projects uh, start with a general idea. I'll start to, you know, formulate a painting uh, off of basically one single idea. And then I'll take that idea and I'll kind of follow the thread that it is and slowly, uh, maybe through journaling or through sketches, begin to create, in a sense, a world. Uh, a lot of my paintings exist within their own dimension in a sense so it'll start as an idea and I'll just keep building upon the idea keep creating the story that creates the painting and then like I said through journaling and through sketches I'll eventually get to the actual canvas and begin putting the pieces together and constructing what is the painting? How did you describe that universe that you think your paintings live, or like that space, or that story? It's, it's a sense of fantasy. No, no rules, no limits. Kind of devoid of all the constraints of, 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 of standard life and, and, 
you know, the lives we live. I feel like through art, you have the ability to manifest whatever it is and whatever concepts you feel are your truth. So through color, through lines, through these different characters that I create, they take on their own, what I say, universe. For instance, an octopus being myself or uh, the feeling of floating as a whale. I'll, I'll take those ideas and I'll um, create them into being their own world and their own characters. And uh, what are your influences? Uh, I get a lot of influence from nature, you know, something beautiful, just daily life, um, a lot of patterns that I find in my day-to-day -day life I'll pick apart and analyze and transition that into uh, a topic or a story that I can then paint. Some of my favorite artists existed in the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance. I had a pretty prolific experience at the Statue of David in Florence, uh, one that made me believe that through art and dedication and persistence, pretty much anything is possible. That's what uh, masterpieces can make you feel, no? It's like yeah. when you go and see the work of a master yep. and, and, and you feel that. Yeah, I was I was in tears. A bad. <laughs> when when was that? When was that experience? I was there uh, approximately four years ago. Yeah, so it took me a while actually to find influence in art. I at first I was as a as an artist I was kind of I, I tried to stay away from all other influences. I, I felt like everything that I wanted to create was already with inside me. And I felt like if I looked at other art or I found influence from other artists, I would be cheating my own pure creativity. So it took me a long time till I started finding artists like Vincent van Gogh or Michelangelo or Raphael or all these great painters. And yeah, so four years ago is approximately four years ago I saw David and a lot of the different pieces in Italy itself and France. I was in Paris and yeah, just just connected with all that work. So how did you, uh, your work change after that? How did you think like the, the influence affect your, your work? Honestly, when you look at a lot of that work, it, it's 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 an apex of creation. So there is a height there that almost feels unattainable in in the current world uh, or at least for myself so for me when i looked at it and i saw this and i was in the presence of this this work and not only that but the beautiful frames that that en encapsulate all the pieces themselves i just almost felt like a relief and in a sense like uh it made me feel like free in the sense that I could maybe relax a little bit and not try to be so, yeah, not so straight and, and to kind of like maybe take these images and, and just yes, be a little more loose with my work. And uh, I actually created this guy called Spaghetti Red, which is, is a little bit of a, uh, fun, a fun piece. You know, it's character. character, yeah. So it's just another character that I, I actually got from the trip to Italy. And uh, he's still in his infancy stages, but... 
you know, it's 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 just fun. I saw it. It made me loosen up a little bit. I would say. Mm. Do you work a lot with sketches? Oh you- yeah, I do a lot of sketching. Um, a lot of my projects will start with sketches. Um, Freedom in Color, which is right there, the the one on the with the red frame. Uh, that piece uh, was all sketches, and then I put the individual sketches together to make the painting itself. So it's like a process to start with the, in the notebook, and then yep. you go to the studio. Do you have a studio where you work? Uh, yeah, I'm down in uh, Sonoma County. Okay. Yeah, my studio is in Sonoma County. Okay, okay. And the frames, you mentioned the frames, and your frames are, I mean, they're they're really... They catch the eye, yeah. and they work really well with the piece. Do you make your frames? Yes. Yeah, I've been a woodworker uh, for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it professionally for about 10. So I have a long history of woodworking, and certi- I'm a certified cabinet maker. But yeah, the frames to me, I-, I feel like I can't necessarily complete a painting. You know, once the painting is done, and I feel you know confident and happy with it. I, I still feel like it needs one more layer. So for me, the frames are a sense of taking it a step further. And, you know, you could just do a pretty standard frame or, you know, I take it a step further to the, to be almost part of the painting. So in the painting that's about an octopus, I'll make the, the frame have tentacles. So there's, you know, on the exterior of the painting. Uh, on the on a painting about the inside of a house, I'll make the the frame look as though um, it's the rafters of the house, and you know, be the structure that the house is uh, that the painting exists within. And you can feel that when when you see your work, you can yeah. feel like the the frame it is part of the of the painting, and it also there's some pieces that brings them out of the wall. So it's yeah. kind of like a three-dimensional, almost like a sculptural uh, piece. Definitely, yeah. I have uh, I have uh, another thing about seeing the art uh, in, in Italy and France is, is this idea of perspective and um, learning how to, you know, manipulate perspective and trying to use the frame and angles in order to create this idea of, like, depth and, you know, separation in a sense. You captured that. <laughs> yeah. It's really well done. So you are a carpenter, you are a painter, you're also a fireman. Yes, sir. How did you combine all those lives? Obviously, the, the art and the, 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 the carpentry or the cabinet making or the frame building is, is pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Those two go hand in hand in the sense of I make my own canvases, I stretch my own canvas, and I build my own frames and paint my own paintings. Uh, but for being a firefighter, I feel like art, in a sense, is, is, is therapy. So I, art allows me to, to decompress or to navigate the uh, stressful and often uh, you know intense situations i find myself in as a firefighter yeah yeah because especially in this area when you can have like forest fires where you can have i mean it's it's uh it's part of your life yeah so yeah it's like two different worlds exactly yeah so it 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 is uh, an escape. It's uh, a therapy. It's it is, a yeah. It's an escape. It's a therapy. It allows me. I have several canvases that I work on that are just strictly uh, a place for me to go and decompress. Uh, they're they're they have no end. I feel like they're just 
layer upon layer of faces, of characters, of different situations. They're just art therapy for me. Showing your work in a coffee shop, we were talking about that a little bit before we started the interview of like, you saw the space, you saw the art that was there, and then you asked to see if you could have your art next. What is What attracts you about the space? Uh, well, I moved uh, to California from Pennsylvania in 2014. And when I first moved to California, I didn't really have a studio or even a secure place to live. So for me, the coffee shop was always a place to create. I would go and several of the paintings that are in this show, I either worked on the concept or actually worked on the painting itself in a coffee shop. So I think for me, when I came into this space and saw the art that was on display before my art went up, I just was inspired to show my work in this space. And this is actually my second coffee, uh, coffee shop gallery show that I've had. Um, and I, there's something about, yeah, showing art in a coffee shop. I think it, it, it's, it's very um, fulfilling, I guess, for me. Do you get a good reception? Do you get um, feedback from people? Yeah, I feel like uh, this show at, at uh, Black Oak um, has been really successful so far i have had a lot of feedback and um, i've already sold a couple pieces of art good good yeah. that's that's the goal <laughs> yep exactly how was the experience of installing the place did you do you help installing your yeah work? I, i did all the install with uh, the folks here at black oak everybody has been super accommodating so far i'm really grateful to them and uh yeah they you know were on hand to help and and uh Help me situate the pieces and figure out the perfect layout for for the space. I mean, the layout is really good. It catches your eyes, like when you're waiting to, for your coffee. It's uh, you can see the different paintings. What do you think about like the fact of showing in a non-traditional space, not in a gallery, but showing in a coffee shop? Well, the nice thing about showing art in a coffee shop or a non-traditional space is that. I mean, you know that the coffee shop is going to be open pretty much seven days a week from the morning until late afternoon. Whereas in a gallery, which is often a good place to show art, uh, a traditional place to show art, they have sometimes limited hours. And oftentimes, if you go into a gallery, you'll be the only one in there. Uh, you know, maybe unless you're there on the actual show, uh, you know, you could be in the space by yourself with the art and um, not only that but you're you're showing art with multiple different artists oftentimes unless you have enough work to to have your own show so for me the coffee shop is it's a it's a great place to show art because not only is it in a sense a solo exhibition but there's always people you know around a coffee shop and working in a coffee shop or you know just enjoying a cup of coffee so it's kind of a, a relaxed environment to to show art it's not all about the art it's more about the space and it's about enjoying a cup of coffee and also at the same time oh there's there's uh, beautiful art on the wall So it's just a it's a great dynamic I feel like to show art yeah it becomes kind of like a communal exactly experience. yeah uh -huh. How long the exhibition is going to be here? Uh, this exhibition, Body and Nature, will be on display until September 2022. Uh -huh. I was I wanted to ask you about the topics because you have like 
nature topics, the ocean topics. You also have like the human figure, and there's some abstract work. Yes. Tell me a little bit about like that different body of work. I feel like the title of the show, Body and Nature, is exactly that. It's it's the exploration of the human within this crazy world we live in, and and the different ideas of you know, especially in Northern California, the amount of biodiversity in the sense of nature, uh, the amount of different ecosystems and the beauty of the ocean and the, and the, the sea life. I feel like in a sense, Northern California is a, you know, a creative wonderland. Uh, there's a lot to be taken in and to be, uh, enjoyed. And, uh, in the show, I try to, I try to capture, both you know the body which is us and the nature which is all around us um so that's kind of what the show is about you mentioned uh, a piece where it's an octop- octopus yes. and you see you mentioned that you see yourself as a octopus yep why is that so that piece that i spoke of is called freedom in color and uh, the main character in this story is uh, mr octopus and Basically, Mr. Octopus is myself in a lot of ways. And this piece that I created was done when I first moved to California. And I was grappling with this idea of my past and my future and letting go of who I was and the ideas of what home is and and kind of embracing the journey that lied ahead uh, of me. So the octopus is pinned between these two poles. He's holding on to his previous, uh, his past, and he's holding on to his future. And at the same time, he's trapped in between of the two, past and future, and he's also in the present. So that's kind of what it's about. It's about holding on to those all, all three things and then at the same time being present and trying to find uh, a sense of self and a sense of home yeah it's kind of like that combination that make us human it's like that concept of our past what we were where we are yep. and where are we going yeah the abstract ones the abstract pieces they're very different they look like a different uh, technique and what's the story behind them that piece um, in particular those those two pieces they're they're kind of in a sense, they're like, okay, so I had these ideas, and instead of going to a sketchbook, I went to the the, the canvas itself. And the canvas itself is actually a piece of uh, a panel of wood that I I produced and uh, you know prepared, and and I sat down and I just allowed my mind to open up, and I allowed the lines to come out as they felt they should or like very free very free yes mm-hmm. and um i was exploring in in several of the more abstract pieces just our connection to this world and the freedom that art provides uh in the sense that you know what i think that you you can pretty much you, you can create anything you really want um and sometimes Nobody can see the form, and sometimes everyone can. So the abstract pieces are just a, a, a freedom of creation. 
Where can people find more of your work? Uh, the the show will be on display um, until September, and I'm currently in the process of trying to you know locate other galleries and spaces to show my work. Do you have an online presence? Uh, I do. I'm on Instagram, and uh, I can be reached by email. What is your hashtag on, on Instagram? Uh, my hashtag is blue period 6881. Well, Jared, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your work. Um, and I hope it's a successful exhibition, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work. Thank you, Victor. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. You are listening to Our Waves in KCYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. Rachel Lawn started her love affair with art as a child. I had decided to take art lessons before I was 10. My parents let me do that. And so I, I did a lot of charcoal drawings and a lot of um, pastel chalk work. And as a kid, as a little kid, real representational. She vividly recalls the experience of creating her first oil painting. I was so excited by the medium, by the actual oil paint, that I, I didn't use a brush. I used a palette knife. I, you know, I don't remember what it looked like, but I sure had a good time. It really got me going. And, um, and, I, and then I just continued. You know, I, I did years of kind of classic art training in high school, in middle school, in high school. I in summer programs, and then I, I went to art school for college. Rachel attended Rhode Island School of Design, one of the oldest and best-regarded art and design schools in the U.S. Yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard to go there. I mean, it was hard. But I did it, and I got through, and then I stayed for an extra year or so in, to graduate school. And I was a painting and printmaking major there. You know, in retrospect, I think what I learned, the most important thing I learned there was to keep on working. You know, that that you just have to keep doing it. And I learned on my own that I, I don't wait for inspiration because I find it, it doesn't... It only comes as I'm working, as I'm, you know, that's when the inspiration comes. I, on my way over here, I was thinking about moments, moments. And one really, you know, ch changing, radical moment that I'll never forget was I was, I was living in this little wonderful house on Narragansett Bay in Rhode Island, and and I was and there was like a um, a sunroom on that house, and I was painting in the sunroom, and I was painting a landscape, and I realized at some point painting that landscape that I had stopped looking at the landscape, and I was painting from 
one stroke of the painting told me what the next stroke of the painting was going to be and and I never and at you know from that point on I I never well never totally went back to representational work except for flowers <laughs> and a few little ocean landscapes that are saleable <laughs> when I realized I wasn't I wasn't copying what was out there I was it 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 was coming from it was coming from what I was doing you know my work really you know I think it really does come from inside and another big influence was a woman who is no longer on this planet with us, um, an artist from Mendocino, Naima, Naima Levitin. Naima did this wonderful work where she would, she would take pieces of paper and they sort of came off of the surface. And I was really interested in that. So I started doing these, these paper constructions. And... And they were fun to do, but the paper is, you know, very delicate. Even heavy paper that I was using at that point was very delicate. And and a friend of mine who's an art clothing person, is Helen Papke makes these beautiful, amazing things for people to wear. And Helen came over one day and she said, Rachel, I've got all this canvas and I'm going to make clothes out of it for a fundraiser. Will you just, you know paint the canvas, whatever you want to do with the canvas. So I was painting the canvas, and I went, why am I using paper? I can use canvas and shape it. So I started doing that. And then I figured out how I could take this canvas and gesso it, which which is a medium that tightens up canvas and makes it hard for anyone listening who doesn't know what gesso is. Um... And so I started making these more dimensional forms out of the canvas with gesso. And I would paint them with acrylic paint. And over the years, that kind of progressed into adding plaster and wire shapes. And and all with very kind of round, organic shapes. And then... Recently, in the last two and a half years since COVID, there's been this like radical change <laughs> in what I'm doing. It took me a while to figure out what, what it was. What happened was, a couple things happened. One thing that happened was COVID hit. And we were really isolated. And the other thing that happened was I was in a really serious accident. And I, I was in, you know, I had major surgery and all kinds of stuff to fix a leg that I broke in way too many places. And even before I went to my studio, I started doing all these drawings when I was sitting in the house. 
and they were so different. They were like, they had right angles and these hard edge shapes that I had never done before with things in the middle of them. And, and then I started, when I was able to get to my studio, I started making, I, someone gave me some cardboard from, from wine bottle packing material. And I started using this cardboard and then I had styrofoam and I started making these really big relief constructions out of styrofoam and cardboard. And I still didn't know what I was, where it was coming from. And I had this amazing moment. I was kind of laying down one day. I was in that sort of almost asleep state, but not quite. And all of a sudden, I saw it, and I realized that to get through COVID and to get through this accident that I was in, I had compartmentalized everything, including my artwork. And I just woke out of that laughing. Because <laughs> as I was, you know, when I did it, I had no idea that it was coming from from this experience of of compartmentalizing my life just mm-hmm. to get through one day, one moment at a time. And um, when I had that little revelation, and then I looked at what I had been doing, I realized, wow, this is what's been going on in my emotional and mental body. It's an amazing process. It's way beyond a verbal process, I think, for me anyway. I don't plan what I'm going to do. My husband, Jim, is wonderful. I tell him what I need, and he builds me wooden structures to put these things on. But I don't really know what I'm going to do until I get the first piece on. She went through many phases before she got to compartmentalism. Early periods of of realistic work and lots of figure drawing and, and oil painting. And then when I got out of graduate school at RISD, I moved to New York City and lived in a tiny little apartment in the West Village. And I shifted to watercolors because oil paint just didn't, I couldn't live with it in such a tiny space. And I did watercolors for a long time. And they're fun. I I haven't done them in a long time, but they were, that was really fun. And then when I moved here to Mendocino um, is when I started doing more they started gradually getting more and more dimensional. Um, So I'm in the most dimensional phase that I've been in. (laughs) And I've been doing some sculptures out of, out of cardboard and styrofoam. Uh And they're, they're fun. I bet you don't run out of uh, raw materials very easily. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. And now I get phone calls from my friends. Rachel, I just got a package. It has great styrofoam in it. I'll be over. Don't throw it away. (laughs) 
it doesn't change anything on this planet, but it makes me feel good to do something else with it besides putting it into landfill because people are going to keep making it right now and keep using it and throwing it away. A lot of people are doing things with recycled material. I, I've seen a lot of like giant fish and giant butterflies and birds. And, and since I'm using this recycled material, I, I like doing something different with it, you know, making abstract constructions out of it and uh, using it that way. And I like making them really big. You know, so my dream is that there'll be a place that reveals itself where I can put them and people can see them and hopefully enjoy looking at them or looking at them and and it 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 can stir something in someone because they're not representational they're abstract hopefully they can take people into their their own unconscious expression you know and and wake something up in somebody I don't know what hopefully something good I need a place. I, I don't want to. I don't want to build and paint myself out of my studio. <laughs> so, so it would be it would be nice to know that they had a place to go, and then I could make them really big, seven feet, eight feet. You know. Is there any way to weatherproof them? Um, I mean, could you could you consider a an out doors installation well you know what i've thought but it's very it's a very expensive thought so it would definitely take a benefactor i thought of having of casting them in bronze and they would look really beautiful i think i know they would i'll stop with that one um (laughs) but you know that's way out of my my reality that would be cool like that the rooftop of the Metropolitan. Yeah, Hotel. something like that, exactly. <laughs> or a door of the MoMA, you know. Yeah, yeah some little little thing like that. Oh, a door. A, a door. door would be cool. Yeah. Now that you could do. Yeah, I could, couldn't your I? House or your what a good idea. I'd see a new idea <laughs> just talking about things. A door. Rachel Lawn is currently the featured artist at the Elk Artist Cooperative. The gallery is located at 6031 South Highway 1 in Elk, open seven days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. For Art Waves, I'm Marty Durland. Finally, in Art Waves, we visit artist Alexa Baldwin, and we talk about her journey through life and art. Mi nombre es Leonor Alexa Baldwin. 
soy artista. Just tell me about you as an artist. Eh, I start my artistic career in Bogotá, Colombia, eh, doing a, a street theater with Acto Latino. They now have their own theater, and we were actually the pioneers on this style of theater. In that time, in 1975, eh, it was not this uh, kind of theater still in Bogotá, Colombia. It was totally new, yeah. We were the pioneers. And later, we were invited to the theater festival in Mexico City. And I decided to stay and live in Mexico because jobs and opportunities offered me to grow and fulfill myself as an artist. In Mexico, I founded my own theater group and a production company to carry out theatrical production for different theater companies. And also, I was doing a theater, and uh, we make, with my group, a Máscara Entre Sombras. Uh, yeah, we create different performances, and, and we, were, we were invited to uh, cultural centers and universities. We start to, to present our, our theater. So, can you describe a little bit of your, the, the, the performance? When I start to live, in, uh, to live in Mexico, I was very, very impressed about the uh, cultural traditions, like Cinco de Mayo, uh, Dia de los Muertos. And then with my group, Máscara Entre Sombras, uh, we create a performance, uh, La Burla Sonriente. It was a, a big, big productions, and the Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller Foundation, uh, they give it to us a grant. And we have the opportunity to do a, a tour in United States and also in Mexico. And we create giant puppets, masks, all about skeletons, because this is about Dia de los Muertos. And also, I brought La Burla Sonriente here in Ukiah. I introduced myself in Ukiah with that performance. And it was a really very, very successful. What do you present to that performance? at the Ukiah High, because they have a big uh, cafeteria and it's a big stage. It was packed and it was very, very successful. So your art is basically that, just making puppets and, the, and doing theater or performance with the puppets. And masks and masks, puppets. puppets. Yeah, this is, this is my, my me. Where did you learn that? Well, actually, uh, in Mexico. But masks, I start... Uh, making masks in Colombia because I uh, always I was fascinated with masks and I start uh, to do my mask for my my characters and also my the, the group I was working with uh, Acto Latino and we did lots of characters with masks yeah I start doing masks in Mexico in Colombia but puppets this is a very tra very traditional mostly a popular from the indigenous peoples, they they like the people. They like to to do uh, mojigangas. They call mojigangas, no, the, the, the giant puppets. But we need we did another version, mostly like uh, European techniques. What is the material? The material is uh, very light wire and different fabrics and paper mache uh, foam. It has to be very light. Um, the, the, the mojigangas because uh, the actor just put it on it has to be very very easy to perform because the, they're moving they're the, acting they're yeah. 
Yeah, they move. They, if the actor is inside the puppet, uh, he can move the head, the mouth, the arms. How is the process to create that? To create oh, first, uh, yeah, you have. Uh, it's important to have the script. What what are going what are going to be the characters? And after that, we uh, we decide some characters are going to be represented with masks or some of them puppets or cabezudos. Como like la china poblana. That is just like a big head. It's a, like a big head. We decide this when we start to think about production and how the way they are going to perform during the play. Do you write the story or you base it on a traditional story? Or? Uh, no, actually, I like to write my stories. All my stories, I, I like to do the scripts. I, I did a lot of scripts about tobacco education about uh, timber of redwoods in California to protect their redwoods, uh, water to save water and how to save water and to clean the water. But I create all, based all on the, the issues we have in our community, I like to, to teach people how to, to take care, different issues we are concerned about. And it's a really good way to educate people through puppets, to masks, to uh, art. Yeah, I remember when I did the tobacco education, I did the script about all the pesticides they put into tobacco and the companies, and publicity. And I present this performance uh, in Ukiah High and Redwood Valley, Redwood Valley High School and Pomolita Middle School. How do people react to the masks and the puppets? They're big. They're, they can be like giant puppets. They're very visual. It's a kind of art is very impressed. You can get impressed, even though if you see it many times, always is, is something on this space. Everybody has to pay attention and fill the room and fill your imagination and fill the celebration, you know, the parade or just the, to invite people before it's a, it's a performance in a theater. Yeah, it's very, very impressed. Some people actually, um, lots of kids, they are very scared, especially the, the giant puppets. Yeah, because they're like seven foot tall. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. are, they are big. And the Ukiah community, they know my, my art. So the process is that you start uh, working with the story, you create the characters. And then you go to your workshops, start building the, the, the masks and puppets? And sometimes, yeah, I have to work with uh, more people. They are different skills, like uh, sculptors, to make the character on clay. It's a, it's a group. In Mexico, I have my own group. But now here in Ukiah, I am by myself. And I, uh, when I have a production, if I don't know, I, I need to contact someone a professional to, to resolve my my character so mm -hmm. how many stories do you have have you have you uh, written oh i think uh, i don't know maybe 12 mm. 14 uh -huh. i don't know but i have i have it and have you presented all of them here in in ukaya in ukaya in san francisco in, in mexico mm -hmm. what are your influences How, uh, who, what, some um, artists? Uh, I think in Mexico, Mexico is a big influence for me when I was living there. 
because I told you I was very impressed about especially Dia de los Muertos. I never see something like that before when I was living in Colombia. Never, never. We see the skeletons and this kind of celebration uh, honoring dead. It's just something very unique uh, Mexico has as a cultural traditions. And also, I think maybe Spain too. Spain with the giant puppets because they have a big, big tradition and they have bigger Giant puppets than I have. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some. There are like uh, like little giants that go into street performance, and they 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 have like a lot of people helping to move the 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 puppet. Yeah, but today uh, the giant puppets they are everywhere in South America, Central America, Europe, uh, Europe, Asia. Asia has an incredible. You know, uh, San Francisco. Maybe in not now since two years they don't they are not doing the Mardi Gras celebration but this is a huge huge parade <laughs> maybe five hours parade full of masks and puppets it's a, it's a very big day but now they are giant puppets a lot of actors they like to to uh, represent their characters with puppets and masks. Mm -hmm. And and you also do uh, workshops? Yeah. Yeah, I, since the last uh, maybe 14 years or so, I have been doing with Mendocino Arts Council. I got a grant, and I is called uh, Arts in, in the Schools. We teach the students uh, different arts, you know, like uh, painting or uh, poetry or drama like me. And it's, it's, uh, uh, we work with the teacher in, in their curriculums. And then we have an idea what we are going to do with our personal art. I am very proud of uh, being a Latin artist. But I, I think I consider myself like a multi-tool into different cultures. American culture, Japanese, uh, Greek, Chinese, uh, Indian. All these different cultures because... I have been working with masks, and mask is something universal. Mask means persona, like a, a human body. This is what is that means masks, and is something uh, unified all the cultures. In every country, we have masks. In every single country, since the beginning, the culture was created until now. But we have this the the mask all together and this is what I feel like I, I can be <laughs> from is, any culture yeah from the world from the world himself. yeah uh -huh. yeah that's great and what did you think your art has given to Ukiah or to the place that you live well I think it's very well accepted and I always try to uh, to create uh, new things maybe for a little bit I I had I stopped for different circumstances, but my art is very, the, the community of Ukiah really like it. And uh, where can people find your your art and your work? Oh, I have a, a webpage, um, Mendocino Arts Council, they have my webpage. And are you doing any presentations? Uh, no, right now, but I'm thinking about mm -hmm. to create a new performance. Great, okay. Did the uh, pandemic like give you any inspiration or make you think about your art in a different way? 
You know what? I, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, my husband passed away and I was in a, in a big, deep grief. And before also he passed away, this is what maybe four years I didn't create anything mm. so far. Mm-hmm. But I start to think about that. And this year I did uh, with the students at Ukiah High School two beautiful uh, murals because also I, I guide um, with the students with murals. And I did uh, two murals, very, very beautiful, about pesticides. And another one was a, a personal uh, final presentation for a senior, a senior student. And they are in the walls in Ukiah High. How is that different from the performance art, like directing uh, a mural? Actually, I, am, I feel myself like a multimedia artist <laughs> because also in in the murals i i like to talk about also different issues about like a water i told you like a tobacco like a trees this is i have maybe 70 murals now in ukiah in different uh, schools with talking about different issues we have in ukiah so using art as a way to educate people and as an activism is, is very important for you. Yeah. Well, uh, Alexa, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you think that we haven't talked about? And uh, No, I want to say uh, I really love Ukiah. I love my community. Uh, I love uh, all the art is developing here in in. in all the local artists. I think we are doing a great, a wonderful messages to our community. Mm, and I am part of, uh, of that. And I'm very proud to be part of the, uh, the artists in Ukiah. And thank you for the interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank yeah. you for all the work you do. And, and um, I'm looking forward to see more of your artwork. Muchísimas gracias. Thanks for listening to Our Waves here in KCYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.